Hello, welcome to another episode of Unpacking Neuroqueerness. So in this episode, I wanted to talk a little bit about the issue I have with the show The Big Bang Theory. And I just wanted to prove... I wanted to start off by saying that I actually... I enjoyed this show when I was younger. I could highly relate to the Sheldon character, and I used to look forward to watching it. However, recently I've noticed something that gives me a pretty funky feeling about the way the show portrays Sheldon, especially from the point of view of the other characters, and I'm going to get a little bit into that. So, many people might not know this, but it's actually been acknowledged that Sheldon Cooper, the character Sheldon Cooper, is autistic-coded, and um, that is actually... So, Bill Prady, who is one of the creators of the show, is autistic himself, he's openly autistic, and he basically, from my understanding, he had influence uh, at the writing table with the writers in, in terms of he influenced a lot of um, the writing around Sheldon and his character traits and personality and such. And I feel like that's the part of the show that, you know, because, of course, the, they were they were getting input from an actually autistic person, I feel like they did a pretty good job with the representation of autistic personality traits, at least for, you know, a low support needs white autistic male such as Sheldon. Um, because let's remember autism can present very differently if you are not white, if you are not a male, if you have high support needs, if you have co-occurring disabilities. But, you know, for a white low support needs male, they did a pretty good job with the representation because they actually consulted with an actually autistic person. And that's why, I feel like that's why I could relate to a lot of Sheldon's traits and a lot of Sheldon's personalities as I was growing up as a white or white presenting um, low support needs autistic male. Now, what I don't like about the show is how these traits of his are constantly made fun of or like how he's he's kind of made fun of and bullied in the show a lot by his group of close friends now it is shown over, over I mean the show is like 10 seasons long and over time you see that Sheldon's friends and his eventual girlfriend, Amy Farrah Fowler, who shows up in the second half of the show, um, there is care. That it's not like they, they just simply bully him and they just hate him or whatever. It's not like that. Like, you see that there's some care there, but there's a lot of, like, mocking and making fun of and bullying that goes on. And it's, like, in a way that it makes the audience want to laugh as well and I'm not shaming anyone for like finding it funny like there are some things that I found funny when I when I was younger so like I'm 
I'm not I'm not trying to say that, but it's like you look at um these traits, these autism coded traits of his. I'm going to I'm going to list some of them off. The main ones that I noticed are struggles with neurotypical social codes and communication styles. Difficulty with cognitive empathy. So that means basically you have and this is how I feel like a lot of autistic people have high emotional empathy, so we can tell if someone, like, we can tell there's someone, something's going on, someone's upset, but we just have a hard time telling why they're upset, understanding why. We know what, we know they're upset, but, like, sometimes, particularly for me, it's hard for me to understand why are they upset and what kind of support do they, would they like? Because I feel like, Everyone also has different ways that they prefer to be accommodated. And that they prefer to be supported when they're going through a hard time emotionally. So it, I feel like that really depends on the person as well. But, you know, a lot of people, they incorrectly say that autistic people don't have any empathy and that's not true the fact is we have a lot of emotional empathy i would argue even more than neurotypicals we feel emotional empathy very intensely but it's hard the cognitive empathy is a hard part where we can't always really understand why is the person upset and what kind of support do they need or would they like really uh, another one is sensory sensitivities to crowds, certain sounds, lights. Um, it's throughout the show, you see that he really doesn't like big crowded places. He, he does have some sensitivities when it's really uh, bright, when it's really loud. Um, some of these things that other characters don't, um, don't seem to experience as much. And he also has strong special interests. Uh, special interests are a very common thing among autistic people. His special interest in the show is trains. He's very, very um, interested in trains and knows a lot about trains and, um, you know, can, can spit out all these cool, interesting facts about trains. And, like, I have a special interest in weather and a special interest in aviation, and I can talk a lot, I can talk for hours about those special interests because I've done a lot of research on them and a lot of reading just on my own, you know, just for fun. And now I know all this stuff about it. And th so that's kind of like Sheldon with trains. That's his special interest. Now, another uh, trait um, that is common among a lot of low support needs autistics, those that would have been uh, diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome, um, which I was myself, and that is now, that diagnosis has been changed to autism support level one. I've done an episode explaining this, um, how terrible of a person uh, Hans Asperger was, and um, what he did, and why the name has been changed. Check out episode 20 for that one. Um, Another, um, so another characteristic very common with low support needs autistics, high IQ. He is very, very skilled at the 
certain academic subjects like in, in his case in his case physics and string theory so there are certain academic subjects for us generally that we get very interested in and very excited about and we do a lot of research about it and we become experts at it from an early age and that is very well shown in the show but at the same time you know we have struggles with social communication and it's really a lot of Asperger's um, and now considered autism level one, in my experience, has also been kind of that flip and flop of I, I can, I'm really smart at technical academic stuff with, with topics that I really like. I struggle more with topics that I don't like and that's more of an ADHD thing um, as well but I also struggle or I tended to struggle a lot when I was younger in school with social communication particularly neurotypical or non-autistic biased social communication patterns I always struggled with um, so those are the main things that I notice uh, the the traits the so-called autism traits um, that I see in Sheldon throughout the show and a lot of times I see these very things made fun of and, uh, and you know, like made to be funny that he struggles with neurotypical social communication, made to be funny that um, he has a uh, struggle interpreti interpreting certain things that are not directly said. Uh, that he has struggles with sensory sensitivities, that he has like this um, special interest with trains, which is many times kind of pathologized and painted as an obsession. Um, so that's, and, and a lot of times it's like, you see these things are made um, to be a point uh points of jokes, you know, and so that that's what it where it rubs me the wrong way. And I I used to always wonder why they don't they don't diagnose him as autistic in the show. And now I'm realizing that it is because if they did give him an autism diagnosis in the show, they would be admittedly publicly making fun of autistic traits and making fun of disabled people. So of course they didn't want to name him autistic in the show. Now, I even want to touch on something that bothered me a little bit, um, which was uh, when Mayim ba Balik, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing her name correctly, I don't know, but when she was asked this, so she plays Sheldon's girlfriend Amy in the show, she was asked about why he isn't given a diagnosis, and she said something that to me came across as very problematic saying that um, they would they didn't want to uh, pathologize him but that that you're only pathologizing him if you're viewing autism as a pathology so by saying that giving him an autism diagnosis would pathologize him pathologize him that means you are pathologizing autism that means you are seeing it as a bad thing instead of just a difference in the brain with support needs, with disabilities to be accommodated. But here's the thing. One of the core teachings of anti-ableism 
disability does not have to be seen as a pathology. Disability is not a tragedy. Disability, the, as Judy Human, disability rights activist, the mother of the disability rights movement, who spent her entire life as in a wheelchair, says, disability is only a tragedy if society fails to properly accommodate disabled people. Because usually society does not accommodate disabled people. And people see it as a tragedy. Like, oh, the woman can't get into the building because of her wheelchair. But no one says, oh, but no one says the woman can't get into the building because the building is not accessible. Because that is the issue. If the building were accessible, there would be no problem with her getting into the building. So it's really about how you see these things. I just wanted to call that out because that's kind of a pathologizing, ableist perspective she she gave. But anyways... That's all I have to say for today. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this one. See you next time.